hello everyone. My name is Eileen. I am one of the OM twins and I am so happy to welcome you all to this podcast that is called Abundance Podcast. For today, we're going to start reading this incredible book that is called Illusions. And I have here with me my dad, one of my favorite humans in the whole world. Hello, dad. Hello, little one. Yes. Thank you for that. I'm one of the your favorite humans. <laughs> yes, you are. Can you tell us a little bit about the book? Because this is this is so so such a thing that reminds me of you. Okay, sure. Of course, this book came to me like in 1978, right before I went into college. I was graduating high school, and I remember that it came to me one day, and I read it from cover to cover in one night. And uh, the book is very special because it's it ends exactly the same way as it starts. So you can turn it over and start reading it all over again in the same setting. So it's it's a very interesting book. It's of course a novel, a novel by by Richard Bach. Richard Bach was the author of Jonathan Livingston's Seagull, which is another one of my favorite books. He's such an amazing narrator. and uh, But Illusions is much, much better than Jonathan Livingston Siegel. It's the book that I have gifted the most. At least 10, 12 people have received this book from me. And uh, now I have received it from you. Yes, yes. I'm doing this too. I have gifted this book already twice because uh, I loved it so much. And it's so interesting because you had talked about this book many times to me and oh, yeah. I had not really paid attention till I was listening to another book and they mentioned it there. And I was like, oh my God, this is the universe telling me like, pay attention. This is your next read. And it was so incredible. Like you say, I, I don't know if this happens to you. Every time that you read it again, there's something else that you learn from this book. It's so beautiful. And it has really, really taught me so much throughout this whole, well, the whole last year that, that it was when we started reading it. So I'm just super excited to read this book, not only to the people listening, but also share this space with you, Dad. Uh, thank you so much for taking the time. And are you ready to dive in, Chapter 1? It's my pleasure, and I'm ready. Excellent. Let's do this. Okay, so the book is called Illusions by Richard Bach, and it has the subtitle, The Adventures of a Reluctant Messiah. <clears throat> Chapter 1. There was a master come unto earth, born in the Holy Land of Indiana. Raised in the mystical hills east of Fort Wayne, the master learned of this world in the public schools of Indiana, and as he grew in his trade as a mechanic of automobiles. But the master had learnings from other lands and other schools, from other lives that he had lived. He remembered this, and remembering became wise and strong so that others saw his strength and came to him for counsel. The master believed that he had the power to help himself and all mankind. And as he believes, so it was for him, so that others saw his power and came to him to be healed of their troubles and their many diseases. The master believed that it is well for any man to think upon himself as the son of God. And as he believed, so it was. And the shops and garages where he worked became crowded and jammed with those who sought his learning 
and his touch, and the streets outside with those who longed only that the shadow of his passing might fall upon them and change their lives. It came to pass because of the crowds that the several foremen and shop managers bid the master leave his tools and go his way. For so tightly was he thronged that neither he nor other mechanics had room to work upon the automobiles. So it was that he went into the countryside and people following began to call him Messiah and worker miracles. And as they believed, it was so. If a storm passed as he spoke, not a raindrop touched a listener's head. The last of the multitude heard his words as clearly as the first, no matter lightning nor thunder in the sky about. And always he spoke in parables. And he said unto them, within each of us lies the power of our consent to health and to sickness, to riches and to poverty, to freedom and to slavery. It is we who control these and not another. A mailman spoke and said, you see words for you, master, for you are guided as we are not and need not toil as we toil. A man has to work for his living in this world. Hmm. The master answered and said, once there lived a village of creatures along the bottom of a great crystal river. The current of the river swept silently over them all, young and old, rich and poor, good and evil, the current going its own way, knowing only its own crystal self. Each creature in its own manner clung tightly to the twigs and rocks of the river bottom, for clinging was their way of life and resisting the current, what each had learned from birth. But one creature said at last, I am tired of clinging, though I cannot see it with my eyes. I trust that the current knows where it's going. I shall let go and let it take me where it will. Clinging, I shall die of boredom. The other creatures laughed and said, fool, let go and that current you worship will throw you, tumble and smash across the rocks and you will die quicker than of boredom. But the one heeded them not, taking a breath, did let go, at once was tumbled and smashed by the current across the rocks. Yet in time, as the creature refused to cling again, the current lifted him from the bottom and he was bruised and hurt no more. And the creatures downstream, to whom he was a stranger, cried, see a miracle, a creature like ourselves, yet he flies. See the Messiah come to save us all. And the one carried in the current said, I'm not more a Messiah than you are. The river delights to lift you free, if only you dare to let go. Our true work is this voyage, this adventure. But they cry the more, Savior, all the while clinging to the rocks. And when they looked again, he was gone. And they were left alone, making legends of a Savior. Hmm. And it came to pass when he saw that the multitude thronged him the more day on day, tighter and closer and fiercer. 
and than ever they had. When he saw that they pressed him to heal them without rest, to feed them always with his miracles, to learn for them and to live their lives, he went alone that day onto a hilltop apart and he prayed. And he said in his heart, infinite radiant is, if it be thy will, let this cup pass from me. Let me lay aside this impossible task. I cannot live the life of one other soul. Yet 10,000 cried to me for life. I'm sorry I allowed it all to happen. If it be thy will, let me go back to my engines and my tools and let me live as other men do. And the voice spoke to him on the hilltop. A voice neither male nor female, loud nor soft, a voice infinitely kind. And the voice said unto him, Not my will, but thine be done, for what is thy will is mine for thee. Go thy way as other men, and be thou happy on earth. And hearing the master was glad, and he gave thanks and came down from the hilltop, humming a little mechanic song. <laughs> and when the throng pressed him with his woes, beseeching him to heal for it and learn for it and feed it nonstop from his understanding and to entertain it with his wonders, he smiled upon the multitude and said pleasantly unto them, I quit. For a moment, the multitude was stricken dumb with astonishment. And he said unto them, If a man told God that he wanted most of all to help the suffering world, no matter what the price to himself, and God answered and told him what he must do, should the man do as he is told? Of course, master, cried the many. It should be a pleasure for him to suffer the tortures of hell itself, should God ask for it, no matter what those tortures, nor how difficult the task. Honor to be hanged, glory to be nailed to a tree and burned, if so be thy God has asked, say they. Uh-huh. And what would you do, the master said unto the multitude, if God spoke directly to your face and said, I command that you be happy in the world as long as you live, what would you do then? And the multitude was silent. Not a voice, not a sound was heard upon the hillsides across the valley where they stood. And the master said unto the silence, In the path of our happiness, shall we find the learning for which we have chosen this lifetime. So it is that I have learned this day, and I choose to leave you now to walk your own path as you please. And he went his way through the crowds and left them, and he returned to the everyday world of men and machines. Yes, End that of chapter is one. chapter one. How powerful is that? Daddy, I want to ask you, would you consider this a religious book? Because this is one of the comments that I got from someone that I 
gifted the book, right? What would it's you say? It's not a that? religious book. It's a spiritual book. Yes. There is a difference. Exactly. There's a big difference. Exactly. So it's basically knowing that we are that powerful being, right? Like we are sons of gods. We are uh, made of the same creation or that stars are done and everything else that you see as miracles. You are that miracle, right? So yes. We are stardust. Yes, that's for sure. Exactly. So this is a spiritual book for sure. And there's something else that I love during the first chapter. They talk a little bit about the law of attraction, right? Like if you believe that you are someone sick, you're going to attract sickness. If you believe that you are someone completely uh, surrounded by abundance, guess what? Abundance will be everywhere, right? So what are you allowing into your life? This book was written way before the, the secret and the law of attraction. But yeah, it's, it's, it's been an ancient secret. Um, Deepak Chopra talks about it in his books. And he says, if you really want something, wish for it, put it in the gap, and then do nothing. Let the universe handle the details. And that's the way the universe works. Ask for it and it will be granted. Exactly. That basically the universe is that genie just waiting for us to ask the wishes, right? But we don't even dare to do it because we feel it's silly, that we're not worthy, that we don't deserve, right? So we actually caught ourselves in that incredible manifestation, right? So um, the law of attraction actually says that which is likened to itself is drawn, right? So how are you feeling? Your emotions says a lot of how, what are you manifesting into your life, right? So that is something that I hope our readers take from this book. Um, also, uh, clinging and resisting, right? And holding on. And you see it here on, on what the, he says in the story. In one word, fear. Fear. I think the opposite of love is not hatred. The opposite of love is fear. Exactly. So are we living our life in fear? Maybe in, uh, are we holding on to something that happened to us because we are on that fear of we're not going to experience it again. So I'm holding on to this and that feels wrong, right? Or maybe I'm rejecting this or resisting this because I'm in fear of what will happen to me if I experience this. But there's another, like, uh, another thing that we can do instead of resisting and clinging, we can surrender and let go right? And this is just flowing through life, uh, going through the flows, uh, going with the current, right? And this feels so much better. So um, they, they also say, right, um, the voyage, the little like bumps here and there, that's the adventure. That is life, right? So many of us are just fully focused on what we want to accomplish, on the miracle, on how I'm going to get there. And we forget that the journey is this beautiful thing called life, tension should be the present moment. So dad, I would like to ask you, do you agree, right? That the only task that we have in this life is to be happy? Yeah, um, I really believe that. The only task that we came to this world for is to be happy and to learn. Exactly. Learn so, and be happy. So I want to dare the people listening to us. Are you ready to quit your struggle and just dare to be happy and fulfill that destiny of just being this joyful human? Actually, the book has on the back cover, right? Here is a test to find whether your mission on earth is finished. If you're alive, it isn't. It isn't. Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, unhappiness comes from how you react to things that happen to you day on day every day uh, if you think that 
for example, you come out of your house and you have a flat tire in your car. And you said, well, I'm happy because I have a car, no? <laughs> Look at the blessings, right? Yeah. All right. I, I might be able to tell a friend, come pick me up and I can have a chat with someone that maybe I wouldn't uh, otherwise, right? Or oh, I'm going to take this opportunity to walk, right? Instead of being like, oh my God, I got a flat tire. Exactly. How can we make everything that is happening uh, in front of us? Because that's life. Moments unfolding in front of us really take it in as this is magical. This is happening only once and it's only happening to you, right? How beautiful and how incredible is this experience? Thank you so much, uh, Dad, for holding space with me. This was incredible. And I'm so excited to continue reading this book with you. I feel like I could already say it. Uh, I, I have memorized this first chapter already. I love it so much. <laughs> <laughs> okay, my pleasure, anytime. Yes. All right. Thank you, everybody. And, who's uh, listening. Next week, we'll do chapter one or chapter two. I mean, chapter two. Yes. Thank you everyone for listening. And if you have any any comments, please let us know below and we'll see you on the next one. Much love. Bye bye.